so as I'm waiting for the episode to upload, um, just a quick disclaimer, my voice was very quiet throughout the whole thing, perhaps about this quiet, and if you hear a funny little chord somewhere in there, that is a, uh, impromptu, like, uh, what's it called? Like, bleep sound effect? That is because, uh, one person got, <laughs> got doxed on accident, and he didn't like that very much, so, there it is. Anyway, um, that is the end of the disclaimer, I guess, so enjoy. Yeah, that's yeah, probably a good idea. Sorry. I'm trying to troubleshoot something. Are you, are you still trying to troubleshoot, uh, Yeah, I uninstalled it and reinstalled it on a different drive this time, and it still crashes on startup. Where have I put this one? Whoa. How, how do I even go- how do I even do that? Oh, I have it on Epic. I hate to tell you, oh, I got it on Epic. Aw, oh, dang man! It that, was free, uh, so I grabbed yeah, it. Yeah, that's the thing, man. Yeah. Sash. Um. I put a reverb on this mofo. Let me try a different game. See if it works. Oh yeah, and then I muted the drums so I could work on the art, but there are drums on this. Well, uh, I guess I'll be playing Darkest Dungeon while this happens. Nice. I, I might, I might end up playing Dynamite while doing this, while talking stuff. What? Okay. I'd say an introduction would probably yeah, be good. I always forget about that, and I was about to mention it, but it's way funnier. It's way funnier if somebody else... You're just randomly it. there. Yeah. Well, um... Twig, you can introduce yourself first, as the older and wiser musician of the group. I mean, we're all, we're all, on, the, we're all on the same path, man. We're all running the same race. Um, I guess I was on the last episode or whatever, but yeah. like, that was more focused on gaming overall, I think, but... Yeah, I mean, that one wasn't focused at all, really, but, you know... Well, we ended up talking about games most of the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I am do music sometimes, it's cool, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the most focused in my work workflow, but like, uh, I have fun with it because ever since I like discovered the concept of like, oh, music doesn't just come out of nowhere. People like write it and learn about it and stuff. I was like enthralled. Um, um, and having grown up with like a lot of like funk and rock and stuff, I kind of just learned on my own, especially when it comes to rhythms. Because, I mean, like, 
rhythms are so much fun and so easy to learn from a producer standpoint because you can kind of listen to stuff and pretty easily recreate it if you're willing to put in the time. Yeah. My drums are one of my favorite parts of making music because, like, it's fun. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure we all have that little voice in the back of our heads telling us to learn drums. Yeah. I know I do. I know I do. <laughs> I've wanted to learn drums for a very long time. So, but it's like, I know the theory behind playing them, and I can put a drum loop together on, like, a drum pad or something. I can do rhythm. I don't own a pair of drums, and I could... It would take me a long time to get to the same level as a lot of the drummers I know. Oh, yeah. So, anyway, so, I should probably... You, I should probably on. introduce myself a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So, um... I don't know if, like, we're using... Like, 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 do you want me to use my real name, or...? I don't care. That's not at all necessary. Okay. It's up to well, you. So I'm average. Average. I'm, um, I guess, exactly what you would call an amateur musician. I've been playing guitar since I was seven. I'm now 14, and I picked up guitar last year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. Oh, that's what I, did I, did I say guitar? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I meant guitar. I picked up guitar just January of this year, and I've learned very quickly that I enjoy guitar a lot more than piano. Guitar's kind of like that sometimes. I don't know exactly why. No, I'm I'm that guy who, like, and this is me, not me trying to be vain. I'm the guy who was okay, like, at piano, but was more interested in learning about the theory and all the rest behind it so that I could understand other instruments, right? So, like, mm. I specifically wanted to learn about chords and scale and all the rest because I knew it would transfer over to other, other instruments and it would make learning guitar or ukulele or harmonica easier. It's yeah. Well, that Once you learn the theory behind it, makes it easier. So, learning guitar... a lot right now. Yeah, you were getting very choppy. I would... You sound like a robot. I would highly recommend switching oh. back to the computer mic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I can do that with you. It, it should suffice to just talk about music for now. Yeah. Speaking of which, I'm going to save this file right now and come back to it later. Oh, I really like what I did here. Well, one more. Hola. How's the audio quality? It's better. <laughs> you are intelligible. Not unintelligible. You are intelligible. Intelligible. Words are hard. Not sure that's how you use the word. It's intelligible is the word. Yeah, I thought yeah, it was versus right. unintelligible, which is what you are not. Mm -hmm. And now you're confusing me. Anyways, I'm um, I would very much be interested in like producing, writing music, and my goal is to someday be able to get myself to a point that I can make money playing music, and actually. I, I went to a guitar teacher the other day, and I, I was talking to this guy, and um, I sit down and I'm like, I want you to teach me how to play, eventually teach me how to play like you hear those guys from like ACDC, Guns N' Roses. Like, I, I want to be able to play like that someday, and he said, I can get you like part of the way, but the biggest part is you're going to have to teach yourself through the experience. And so I got put in like a band. We haven't ever met, but he has a bunch of other students of his 
who play like drums and bass and rhythm and all the rest. And we're going to go and like play together, which is going to be pretty sick because I've never actually had an opportunity to do that before. So you're gigging. Yeah, exactly. And I, I feel sick. like if, if we can, if, if we can get to a point where we're good, you can make money off of that, which, yeah, I mean, that, that's a good deal to me doing something that I enjoy and making money out of it. Yeah, that's no, yeah. I'm not making money off video games. Like I, I can't make. I, I'm not skilled enough at that. But no, music. It's it's more like legitimate. You know what I mean? It's like video games. You have to be extremely good. Music. You just have to make something people enjoy. Well, video games. I guess you. You have to be extremely good and avoid drama. Exactly. Musicians just basically drama. drama. Are, are you talking specifically the playing or the making of? Well, the playing, because... The making like, of is a completely different situation. Making of it is, yeah, completely different. There's people that are bad at the game, but still make good content, because they're good content creators. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would say, if it's you're going to... Just another completely. If, if you're going to be, like, playing games, I would argue one of the more important uh, assets you could have is just be entertaining and... Oh, yeah. Okay. Have sure. good talking. It's, it's, more, it's largely about showmanship. Yeah, but people won't want to watch you if you're like super bad. That's like, not necessarily <laughs> true. You, you can be funny and you can be good, but like, let's take it for example. Um, who's a good streamer these days? Very oh, uh, that techno yeah Technoblade in Minecraft. He did like a stream lately, where um he raised like three hundred and fifty thousand dollars for cancer research because mm -hmm. he's entertaining and he's good at the game versus some guy who's streamed for maybe a year and can hardly talk to a camera and is still good at the game versus a guy who can hardly talk to a camera and is bad at the game. Like, who's going to get the most views, right? Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. But that's, like, a very clear-cut kind of thing. I actually, I've actually tried streaming before. I have, too, actually. It it's, it's actually so hard to talk to nobody. Right, that's what I imagine is the worst yeah, part. Is like, oh yeah, here I am in a room alone talking to X amount of people. <laughs> it's so hard to keep it entertaining. That's why a lot of streamers get in like a Discord call because they can actually like converse. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, when I streamed, I, I streamed once and I saved the VOD and I watched it after. It was just nine minutes of me sitting there playing a video game, occasionally saying, "Ah, he should have died," or "Man, that was annoying lag." <laughs> yeah, just like general gamer comments. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Man, one thing that's blown me away is how good Destiny 2's music is. So it comes down to this. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Destiny 2 is just the, a recent game off the top of my head, but there's a lot of games that have some really good soundtracks. Like uh, the first one that comes to mind when you say good soundtracks is Undertale, right? I, I, okay, okay, this is something me and my best friend, who we might eventually get on the show, um, have talked about, and I, we're both in agreement that Undertale soundtrack was amazing, right? But the Deltarune oh, yeah. soundtrack is like a bajillion times better. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't played Deltarune right. too, but Deltarune is actually, the soundtrack in the first one is so good. Dude, I, I actually, swear, Rude Buster I like is... The gameplay. Oh my gosh, I could I could listen to Rude Buster 24-7. <laughs> I feel I enjoyed playing Deltarune more than I enjoyed playing Undertale. I've yeah, actually I never like finished he, Undertale. He, I've seen, like, quiz and stuff, but I never finished it. You know, I beat it 
and didn't do genocide run i don't know if i have the the strength within me to do it i wanted to do a genocide run starting out and i killed a few guys and then my friend was like bro if you do genocide it ruins your next run and i was like oh okay he says you have but to yeah. be neutral Everyone and says you have to be neutral, pacifist, and then genocide. Yeah, genocide. Like, I did both the others, and I was like, okay, maybe I can do genocide. And then I started doing it, and I was like, I don't know if I have, like, the mental fortitude to do this right now. <laughs> I feel like genocide is the most difficult, because it, like... Like, there's some characters that you get attached to. Like, can you imagine trying to murder, yeah. um... It's like, crazy, trying to murder... It's... Like, it's... virus? Yeah, I like got to that point and I was like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore, man. <laughs> like, I it's really conflicting because I want to do the boss fights because I'm a gamer, but also I'm a human, so I don't want to kill them. <laughs> right? I have no remorse over killing the Spider Queen. I would enjoy every second of it. <laughs> you know what? That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I would eat that cookie. From their uh, shop, I wouldn't even buy something from their shop. I would let those baby spiders cry in the fact that they're never gonna have a successful sale. Then I would show up to their queen, tell her their food sucks, and cut her head off, and then eat that. Wow, because I no hate her. <laughs> and then ask to see their manager. She is but, the um, reason I quit the video game. So I um, never beat her. I couldn't do it. A spoiler warning in the description for this one, right? Yeah, I think we have to for, put one for, in for all a of five-year-old game. Yeah. I don't know, someone hasn't played Delta, uh, Undertale. Man, okay, this is annoying. Here, here's my post-spoiler warning. Everyone who hasn't should play played it, but know a lot about it. Like, I have a friend who knows all the soundtracks, knows the whole story, but has never played the game. Yeah. Well, I mean, some people care more about that than others, because, like, I, I knew the whole story pretty much before I played the game, too, but, like... That's just because I'm not the kind of person that's, like, really bothered by that as much. Yeah. Or, like, some people will really get mad at you for spoiling it, but it didn't really affect me that much, because when I played it, it was, like, that was the full experience. Mm-hmm. Like, There's I two things that I know of that I, I really don't want to be spoiled for me. Like, I, I barely look at Squid Game memes. Like, I've never seen the show, and I don't I know when so- I am. It's- sick of that show and i haven't watched it I'm probably i don't probably even know what it's about see it. it's like apparently okay, it's supposed actually, to be really I've, good I've seen, I've seen the synopsis brick so so you remember kaiji right uh, no no the the gambling anime oh i know yeah, you watched yeah, it yeah most I've people have seen i've seen two and i've actually seen well technically two half of an anime i saw half of haikyuu because i'm a volleyball nerd and wow. I've seen um, Seven Deadly Sins. Oh, wow. Not the strongest. Seven Deadly Sins isn't very my, good. My, it, it's not, my, I didn't enjoy it very much. Although, yeah, I actually really good. enjoyed Haikyuu. was good. I really enjoyed Haikyuu. I, I felt like it was really well I felt it was really well animated. It was very accurate to how the game is actually played. Like, people you, always say anime over-dramatizes stuff. It's, it was legitimate. Like, people play like that. I mean, I've seen it. You I've played against people who play like that. We lost. It was embarrassing because we can barely get the setup for a spike. See, you can, you can overly dramatize something without necessarily detracting from the accuracy of the depiction, right? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. It's like, just like they, it's just like this is actually how it's played, but also these characters are ridiculous. <laughs> the first thing I notice is that they were skilled, but in a real sense, like it wasn't like they would destroy every team 
that plays right now, it was like it was accurate for how high school high school volleyball is played on a like Asian level because they're a level ahead of us. That might be racist. Nah, more of a I'm hey, this is how the culture is. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's they, the thing. They're, they're centered a lot more around volleyball. Like they're like in J- in Japan and North Korea, like they actually they they care about volleyball a lot more because in Canada. Volleyball's an OPD, but it's like nowhere near compared to what hockey and cross is, right? Can we you have players on like you, 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 Yeah, you broke up. You went robo. <clears throat> Volleyball is like a big deal in schools and like minor league kind of, but it, it's not near as big a deal as hockey or lacrosse is because Canada. In Canada, is. but uh, like, we have a we have a tournament. I live. I'm Canadian. Uh, we yeah. have a volleyball tournament tomorrow. And you guys, kick him I out. Hope we win because. Co- <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be racist. Oh goodness. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways, no, we have a volleyball tournament tomorrow. I hope we win because the coach says he'll buy his pizza if we do. Um, pizza. And we're missing our best player on the team for hockey, which is a little bit upsetting. That's right. That's a big deal. Like people miss other sports because this kid, he's gonna go NHL someday. Like he, he's that good. He's got like 16 points this season. He's played maybe four good? games. I I don't know the scoring system for all that. That's literally that's literally incredible. Like that's insane. Yeah, as as far as I know about most sports ball, 16 sounds pretty good. 16 for like four or five games is incredible. Yeah, especially, oh, especially if it's that few games. Some, some of some of those hockey games, the score at the end of it is like seven to three. Yeah, kind of like basketball because basketball tends to be pretty low score, right? I, uh, have you like I watched a basketball game once and the score was eighty-one to fifty-three for the team that I was cheering for. Was okay, well maybe it varies. <laughs> <laughs> probably any probably I like, a different score. Major league basketball, like, like. NBA is probably a little different. I don't watch like professional basketball very oh, much. Yeah. I watch my cousins play it. The, oh no, you know the like, sport I was thinking of was soccer. Soccer tends oh, to be yeah, really yeah, low yeah. score. Soccer is low scoring usually. That's why goals are so celebrated. Yeah, especially seven like, really for only having one goaltender. Like you got to be all over the map to goaltend. Yeah. Like I'd say it's hard. You have to. The, the fields are so big too. Yeah, that was what I was thinking too. Is like I did like you know kid soccer, the ones that they put like 12 year olds in and yeah, it's like the, like, field like, was like, the field was like an okay size but you, when you watch soccer on TV it's like the field is freaking huge me as a Canadian using a football field compared to your American football field size is a bad reference football is actually oh. completely different like, like pigskin like football yeah. it's completely yeah, different football in Canada versus football. we only get um, we get three downs total our ball is bigger and our field is bigger. Hmm. And it's also called CFL, Canadian Football League. Canadian Football League. I think I'm yeah. getting dangerously close to depleting the entirety of my sports knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, this was supposed to be about music. Yeah, so, we, we uh, that's that's, that's the glory of this. The, the yeah. national anthem plays at the national anthem plays at football games, right? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Canada. Not gonna lie, Canada has a great national anthem. Anthem is actually sick. 
I'm not a Canadian, but man. Oh, say can you see? I can never remember the American one. That's all I know. I've, I've actually, you know, I used to kind of be whatever about the American anthem, but it's really grown on me in recent years. It's like it's it sounds so. I heard a, a guy. It was at like some kind of football game or something. He played the national anthem on electric guitar, like with high gain, and it actually sounded so sick. Oh yeah. That sounds like I, I remember Jimi Hendrix definitely did that. That was I don't uh, think it was I don't think it was Jimi Hendrix, but now yeah, I really Jimmy want Hendrix, to hear that, that because like, it would be it, it was some high school kid that I listened to, but I definitely want to hear Jimi Hendrix play over yeah. you know. The yeah, you can look it up. It's like one of the most famous one of the most famous uh clips. Jimi Hendrix performance of the national anthem. Out of every guitarist over the last fifty years excluding Jimi hendrix who would you say is the closest to Jimi hendrix skill level oh gosh i don't know i i'm actually not as in like guitarist culture as one might think i would be and all the suggestions i would have would probably be more like indie stuff Jimi hendrix skill level he was he was a very pro- prolific. I mean, I don't, I don't really know enough about. He's considered to be the greatest guitar player ever to live. That's that's kind of big words. <laughs> I mean, and it, the thing about that, right, is it's the reason really to say gone. The reason to say that is because he died young, and he never learned how to read music. He had no idea about imagery. He didn't know how to guitar. You the thing about Jimi Hendrix... Okay. Jimi Hendrix was so special because he never actually learned how to play. He just could. He could pick up a guitar, and he never knew it. He never knew any of the music theory. He couldn't read a note. And he could play a complete song just because he knew how to do it, and he knew it sounded good. Like, his band, like there's multiple well, yeah. people that played with him saying that Jimi Hendrix, if a string went out of tune he was playing... It, it didn't bother him. He just bent it to the note he needed. And I've played guitar for long enough to know that that takes a lot of skill. Just to be able to find that note perfectly, bend it. Like, the, the level of skill. And the reason Jimi Hendrix is so known is because he lived to be 30 or 35, right? And imagine the skill level he would be at if he had lived long enough to, be, to play with guys like Eddie Van Halen. Or yeah. play with oh guys could teach him what yeah, goes those are on. Good points. But like the thing that bothers me about that argument is first of all, like best in terms of music is like nigh impossible to quantify, right? You know, you can't you know how many different genres songs. there are out there. I don't think they're saying his songs are the best songs ever written. But like they're saying he was the best guitarist. Yeah. He's the then. best person to play a guitar. He was the most skilled guitarist known even like yeah but even then i would say it's like it's so hard to quantify like i mean he was certainly impressive right with the whole like not learning how to read music and stuff that's something a lot of people have actually done Uh, but the most impressive thing i would say there is like his tendency to just bend notes to the right thing but even that is just like good right but so most of what i'm hearing is saying like Jimi hendrix had a really good ear 
it sounds like he had a good ear, but it also sounds less like he was skilled and more like he. That, that would be more on the talent scale. Cause I mean, was, yeah, that's kind of semantic at that point. He basically defined the word prodigy. Like, it, it was just. Yeah. He could do it. That, that's definitely. I wouldn't contest that. But, um. Yeah, I, I think, think I would agree with Brayden that it's a talent versus skill thing, which is kind of splitting hairs, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Idiot. You know the best part about that, Brick? No one I got docked. You had said that. <laughs> you literally just docked me. Yeah. That's on you. <laughs> I we was out here doxing our friends. Um, this is two. That is on you, Brick. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. But in terms of, like, most skilled guitarists, it's... I don't know, it's hard to tell. I mean, I feel like a lot of people would maybe suggest someone like Shub Saran or something. I would say... But, you know, it, it depends think, largely on the sphere. I'd say Van Halen definitely is up there. Van Halen was... I can't remember exactly, but I'm very certain that he, he shaped guitar in a major way and that I'm pretty sure he invented standard tuning. I don't know if that's true. That doesn't sound real. I don't know. I'm going to Google he's, it, actually, because I he's, heard that, but I don't know if it's accurate. He's most famous for, if not inventing, then popularizing tapping. Oh, yeah. That's that's what he's most known for, for that, that one little eruption, I believe. Yeah, eruption. I've seen and heard people play it. it it's another level, man. It's a good um, solo. I could probably learn it. Um, I the, the, the thing is, like, the this all falls under, like, Pioneer from, from where we're standing, right? Because, like, the Eruption solo was so impressive for its time, but people have taken that concept and run with it so hard. There are people that have, like, eight-string guitars, and all they do is tapping, yeah. and they do these crazy stuff in, like, 11-16 time. And it's like... Yeah, no, Van Halen did not invent standard tuning. Some guy named, uh... I can tell you. And standard tuning's been around for a long time. Uh, actually, I don't know. Because it says Robert Fripp invented, um, standard tuning in the band King Crimson in September 1983. That doesn't sound real either. That doesn't, I would... that doesn't sound... That doesn't yeah, sound really? No way. That's right, because there's songs from the 60s that use standard tuning. The internet is lying to you so yeah. hard. Yeah, Anything yeah, no, like that's, that. that's not real. No, like, there's standard no standard tuning real. has been a staple in, like, yeah, classical yeah, yeah. guitar. tuning invented... <laughs> By standard tuning, for... are we talking about, like... Standard guitar about, tuning? We're talking EADGBE. Yeah, EADGBE. Yeah, e we're not talking about A equals 440, which is also really old. That, that, sound, that sounds more right. <laughs> this seems more right, but it's generally thought to have been widely adopted in the 16th century. See, that makes a little more sense to me. That, that seems, yeah, that, that's more accurate. That seems more accurate. Because I was like, King Crimson did not invent standard tuning in 83. Uh, yeah, no, there, there is no, no way. way. <laughs> I, I want I don't, that website is smoking, but I want some. <laughs> Video essay on like 
guitar right now. <laughs> oh, I didn't know it was playing out loud. Sorry, I thought I had that low enough that it wouldn't pick up. That's my bad. Oh, yeah, no, it's okay. picking up. Sorry. So, um... <laughs> Not to rain on any parades, but... Yeah. So... It's probably not picking up well is the worst part. <laughs> it was picking up pretty well that time, actually. Well enough to drown people out a yeah. bit. Anyway... Yeah, that's my bad. That's on me, sorry. It's cool, it's cool. No so there, apparently Pythagoras, back in the day, had like a whole cult surrounding him based entirely off of math. Well, yeah, he was like the triangle guy. He really liked triangles. Yeah. Um, one, uh, apparently there was a time when, like, he, quote-unquote, broke music essentially like um like he made a tuning system or not tuning system i don't know if it counts i i don't know words go on i'll i'll correct you it's the a, a temperament system yeah that's a type of tuning system yeah okay so so are you talking about did, did I, i'm a little fuzzy on the history here are you talking about did that did pythagoras come up with the equal temperament system? No. No. So he, you're talking about just intonation. Uh, gesundheit? <laughs> just intonation. It's where the notes, the, re the relations between the notes in the scale are based off of, uh, for lack of better terms, pure and more simplified fractions. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I don't think people popped in here to learn things, but they sure are. <laughs> look, man. Uh, look, tuning. No, I like it. I like theory it. is so cool, and I don't know enough about it, but I want to know more. Yeah, I'm working on that. <laughs> I mean, that is the optimal way someone would listen to something is to. So one thing I've noticed that I am really uneducated on is like, I know all the scales, just standard, minor, major, basically as simple as scales get. But I am really uneducated on scales. I guess that's... It, it's understandable. I feel like I compare myself to, like, great musicians a little too much for being, you know, <laughs> literally a teenager. But, uh... Well, the next step is modes. Yeah, no, I'm, like, barely a teenager. Like, I hardly count. Like, I feel like you're not really, truly a teenager until you can drive in some sense of the word. Like, a learner's license is officially a teenager to me. Really? Hmm. Which I I'm taking right now, by the way. teenager was around 16... <laughs> Whenever you anyway, become a jerk. Yeah, anyway, tuning tuning stuff. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I guess that's a little so off topic. Brick, but. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Brick, you were talking about, you watched something about Pythagoras and just intonation, right? Yeah, apparently Pythagoras made this uh, tuning system where, like, each note in a scale was, um, like exactly a perfect fifth uh like away from each other so like you you take the first note perfect fifth up 
get a second note, then you go up another perfect fifth, and then it goes over the over an octave. Mm -hmm. And then he just like janked it. He just puts it back down an octave to fit in the in the scale. Not by a full octave, right? Do you um, just adjust it back so it hit an octave? to explain it, but it's like, yeah, I don't know how to explain it. Um, so, I, I, I believe you're talking about the wolf, the wolf fifth is what it's referred to, right? Um, Where, maybe? Lords everywhere are it's, now interested. It's basically, the wolf fifth is basically where, um, in just intonation tunings, you, as a result of just intonation, sometimes the a specific fifth in the scale, oftentimes from the fifth to the, or from the fourth, well, I don't know. There, there will be, most of the fifths will be okay, and then one of them will be flat, like disgustingly flat. And that's referred to as a wolf fifth and usually occurs in just intonation tunings. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was definitely a thing. And uh, yeah. in fact, people talk about how the Catholic Church banned tritones. It's it's yeah. fake. It didn't happen. I'm pretty sure. From what I heard, it was a real thing, but it wasn't tritones. It was the Wolf Fifth. That would make a little more sense because the Wolf Fifth is more disgusting than tritone. <laughs> yeah. People people talk about tritones and them being like super dissonant. They are by far not the most dissonant interval. They're fairly dissonant, but once you open your mind to them, they're some of the, they're one of the best intervals of all time. I love tritones. Yeah. And if you want to look for the actual most dissonant tri uh, interval in twelve tone equal temperament. You'd probably be looking at the minor ninth. What is that? It's um, you have your one note, your root note, and then go up an octave plus one semitone. Mm -hmm. So this is very sufficient to make me realize how little I actually know about music. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. Uh, got a long ways to go yet. Hey, man. Yeah, I, I I try so hard, it's not, it just never works. Anyways, here's Wonderwall. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> I cannot survive in this world. <laughs> Is this where we get copyright struck? I'm just a sad, I'm just I'll, a sad jazz fan. Sorry, I'll, I'll change it, I'll change it. Hold on, th th this is the original, right? I, I think... I fixed it. Okay, wait, so actually, do you do you want to play a minor ninth for us? A minor ninth? A not not a minor ninth, just a minor ninth. So if you pick any one note and then play it at the same time as a note that's an octave plus one fret above it. That, okay, so that's like well, like, you know what an octave shape on guitar looks like, right? Yeah, I don't know what shape. 
an octave shape, just like one note to its octave. Yeah, no, I get that. Yeah, can you do that and then take the finger on the upper octave and put it up one fret? So, just, yeah, that's just the minor ninth. Yeah, play it, like, both at the same time. That's a little bit too much gain. Well, yeah, but it still illustrates my point, is that the minor ninth is the crunchiest. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of it's like that. Yeah, it's got seems like, like you, it's, it's a lot uh, of uses for a tritone than it is for a minor ninth. It seems like something you'd use in some sort of, uh, I guess, horror-themed scenario? You could. It's also... It can be utilized in fun ways, because the Phrygian mode is a lot of fun, and it has a minor ninth. Yeah, it's, it's really grungy. Like, I can imagine this be playing in a... Yeah, yeah. like you said, it's very... It's very... Crunchy, yeah. Crunchy, yeah. A lot of people tend like, to I can hear, can hear it being... It's like, it, it feels like it'd be played with the crunch sound on a guitar, which is, I think, what I'm using. Yeah. Well, see, that, that would just kind of disguise the fact that it's a disgusting symbol with the fact that it's also a disgusting sound. Yeah. This sounds like, Although I don't um... use the word disgusting. I'd use the word... Actually, no, disgusting is a good word. <laughs> it's good as long as it's tongue-in-cheek. It sounds like... Um, <laughs> okay! It, it sounds uh, like something that would play in, like, a situation where the Doom Slayer in Doom 2016 or Eternal has to run from something else. <laughs> it's like, oh, now you know it's bad. <laughs> well, yeah. actually... I don't know if it is a minor or ninth or whatever it was that you said it was, but um, yeah, uh, you know, in the uh, CE soundtrack, the uh, what is the what it? soundtrack? The, the what? Halo CE. What I I literally can't understand you. Oh, yeah. Halo CE. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know that one guitar riff they do. That's in the. I, I, I don't remember hearing it in the game, but I know it's in the Spotify soundtrack. That's like after you find the flood. Would that be a minor um, Yeah. It sounds like it's a minor You know, I, I'd be willing to, to bet. I'd need to listen to it closely to know. Um, I'd be willing to bet it's like a lot of different dissonances. Because the Halo soundtrack has a lot of dissonance in it, actually. Like, I think when you first crash land, that, that first uh, iconic scene, right? Yeah. When you open the escape pod and go out. Uh, high register By the way, you're uh, not muted with the guitar if you oh, thought you were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, in, in that scene, the music that plays during that scene, I do believe it has some really high dissonant strings in there. It's one of my favorite sounds in the whole soundtrack, to be honest. What uh, is I your favorite soundtrack? Favorite soundtrack? Mm -hmm. That's rough. He's I, been I, can, I can say 
I, I can give you a list of s favorite soundtracks for particular reasons, right? Because earlier we were talking about Undertale. Yeah. I think Undertale is probably my favorite for its use of leitmotif, right? Because mm -hmm. it's like absolutely genius compared to most games in its use of leitmotif in that game. I have to wonder if a lot of I have to wonder if a lot of Undertale's success and popularity for its soundtrack is simply because it's a one man job. Not to like discourage like oh he's not as good as people say he is. I just wonder if that is where some of the awe comes from. Well, I think I think that's twofold actually, um, because the thing about smaller projects, smaller groups working on a project is there's a more direct line from creative vision to product, right? Mm -hmm. So one, I, I would argue that one of the reasons Toby Fox's games are so good is because he has a very clear creative vision for himself and has very direct control over how that fits into the game creation. And that applies to the music as well. Yeah, that makes sense. And then the other side of it is that, like, oh, wow, it was one guy. But, I mean, yeah. you know, Cave Story was that, too, and people don't talk about that anymore. Yeah, I don't know what it was. Like, I, it might have just been a stroke of luck that got him popularity. Not that he hasn't earned it. Like, it's a I good mean, he's game. definitely earned it, but I would, I would be willing to agree that it's partially luck. Because I don't know how people found out about Undertale. Yeah. Initially, it just kind of came out of nowhere. God tier advertising campaign. I don't know what got it. I don't remember there. any advertising campaign. Yeah, me neither. Neither. I think neither. he might have had one. I don't know. Maybe. But yeah. Um. Anyway, to continue off your question, seen an ad for Undertale like ever? They might. I. You know. I think there were ads for its ports when it ported to Switch. Mm -hmm. But other than that, I don't know. Um, Man, yeah. I played I played the Switch version. That's all I ever played. But it's pretty good on Switch. It's um, pretty good. I think they actually added some stuff, which is cool. Yeah, they added an optional boss. Um, but yeah, the Undertale would probably be my favorite. Um, light motivic soundtrack, right? Mm -hmm. Just because it like. It's everything. Like, I could gush about the Undertale soundtrack all day, and I know plenty of people have, but, like, oh my gosh. Because, like, the main theme is integrated in almost everything. Ah. Even, even like, weird ambient tracks. Like, I believe, spoilers again for a five-year-old game, um, <laughs> there, there's, a, there's an ambient track that plays in the genocide route or, or I think it might be just... I'm not sure if it's route-dependent, but it's just when you when you meet Sans right before Asgore, right? Uh, in that in that big hallway. You know that area? Yeah. Kind of. I never played it, but I've yeah, seen yeah. enough stuff. Okay. Well, it's pretty iconic. I mean, most people would know it, even if well, they have Well, gee, I see how it is. <laughs> yeah, you just suck. <laughs> you look, you look at it and you Fake think gamer. Judgment Hall. They did a really good on the uh, on the like the actual scene design for that particular part. Well, yeah, I mean it's really simple. That's a good background design and parallax scrolling. Um, and like the yeah, the flashing pillars. It just, it just 
it's sense of like Sans is about to tell me something that I'm not gonna want to forget. Yeah, but you're the, not the, gonna the, have good time. Yeah, the point. Oh, yeah, I for sure. Get at there is there's an ambient track that plays in that room. Then like when you hear it, it just sounds like reverb, right? But it's mm-hmm. actually like one of the main themes of the whole game. Just slowed down and put a bunch of reverb on top of it. And so you find stuff like that all over the place. In fact, um, in the Genocide Run, I learned this quite recently. In the Genocide Run, once you kill every monster in a room, which is like the whole point, um, it turns off the normal like area music for it, for, for the area, and instead plays a super slowed down version of um, the flowy theme, I think. Ooh, that's fun. I think that's the one. I could be wrong on which theme it is, but it's like this the, super the slow. The theme is actually so good, though. Honestly. It's I- okay. But on the topic of Toby Fox, can we talk a little bit about small, like, artists? Like, small I artists feel like, are best artists. <laughs> I feel like there is so many good musicians out there that just have never been hurt. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. Or they're like, like, if you neat. take it. If you take a second to vary from the status quo when it comes to music, turn off the radio and listen to something that you've never heard before, there's so many times that I've been surprised. Like, you know the band Cave Town? Never heard of them. I have. Exactly. I've never heard of them. But listen, I swear, Cave Town has some of the best acoustic guitar in their songs that I have... Actually, I'll play you an example because there's no music bot here. But, like, literally, they came up with some acoustic guitar riffs that just, uh, just are you playing playing the example yourself or are you getting a sample um i can play it myself or i can get one it- i would prefer <laughs> if you play it yourself just to avoid any possible copyright stuff yeah that's probably a good idea okay yeah that's a good idea all right i screwed it up can that was that picking up though understandable yeah it's it's picking up all right all right It's such, it's yeah. so interesting, like, the way that they put stuff together. And they did a variation on the chords for Hallelujah, like. And it's like how they add that F sharp major in between yeah. the G B and the it's, F. It's, it's like very a, old school blues. They, they really find a way... Again, most people have never heard of it, but their music is—it's really good. They have a lot of good stuff. There's one—it's just—it's just, some of it's really simple, but it's like the smaller artists, the one that nobody's ever heard of, or the ones that even you have heard on the radio, but you've only ever heard one of their songs, never listened to anything outside of them. There's so much good music nobody's yeah. ever listened to. Like, you know how much like, I heard a guitar cover of the song "Fireflies" that literally <laughs> made me emotional. It, it's like maybe the song is meh, mediocre. But the way that he played the cover, like, I, I literally, like, it it's insane. Better. Yeah. I, like, I would listen to the song if it sounded like... <laughs> oh, my God. No, 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 not the dogs on, like, no, no dogs. Docs. No, I, I, not I, I not to, I meant to, um, I did not mean to say dogs. I meant not to diss on Fireflies. Like, it, it's a decent song. They actually had some really, like, the way they put the notes together, I actually enjoyed 
it's like, too much of a way... meme to take seriously. That's the only problem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's like the way that you, the way that you, so, sometimes the way you play a song can completely change the way you see a song. You know oh yeah, one hundred percent. But for 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 sure though, check out Cave Town. One word. It, it's just they have a male singer and a female singer. Sometimes they do like a song twice just with a different singer. Yeah. Like for real though, like I have so many other songs added to my playlist just because there's such a vibe. Yeah. And the best part about it is you can tell it's genuine. Like there's parts in the song. It's that, very like, you can hear after like they 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 do songs that have guitar solos and do you know how rare that is these days? To hear guitar solo in a song, like that uh, I don't hear that. Is that rare? What genres you're looking at? I think it's rare. Like in songs that have been produced, yeah, rare and like good like music that you would hear like, on like the radio or music yeah, that I think, has. I think it's what you're getting at yeah, I yeah that's what, what i'm saying is like solos aren't a thing in pop music anymore that yeah that's kind of what i'm trying to say and they found a way because like uh, okay i'm gonna this is an example and <laughs> i'm not saying i listen to this music but olivia rodrigo right no i didn't hear that is but go on pretty pops popular Wait, for real? have nope. you seriously never okay well she is she's essentially the taylor swift for 11 year old girls yeah we we is that all... not already taylor swift no, Taylor Swift's kind of, like, outdated now, so they kind of had to, like, make yeah. a new one. She's, like, some 16-year-old chick who got in a breakup, so and now she now she makes music, and she got wicked popular, and she's, like, some millionaire now. Anyways, right. some some guy heard one of her songs and said, this is just awful, but I'm going to put a guitar solo on it and prove to you that I can make any song good with a guitar solo. And I would listen to the song if it had a guitar, if it had, like, the way he played it. Again, it just, just the way that some people can play a song can completely change <laughs> The way well, the song is. see, the thing I is, I don't think, and probably common knowledge, but music producers like this Olivia Lass, they're not going for good music. They're going for sellable music that they can yeah. make a lot of. Also, see, she's I probably feel like not that's, the producer. Yeah. I feel like that's where music has gone wrong. As soon as it started getting to the point where people do it only because they like people like paying them for it, is kind of yeah. where it started going down. Like well, for sure, yeah, people played music. People played music right? for money. People played music for money. I would play music for money, but I would play it for money because it's something I enjoy. Doing it for money because you see it as something that isn't very difficult and is a way to make a lot of money yeah. fast. That's where it's gone wrong. Yeah. I mean, most, it's like if, most if somebody comes to you and says, "Look, look, you you make a popular song and it makes millions of dollars, and you don't have to you don't have to get off your." couch you can make it from your laptop right versus working in the military for, for 10 years and then learning guitar while you're on the road and coming back and being some famous rock star. like what would you say well, maybe that was a bad example because it was both music but or working in a hospital for like 20 years because you know it's something that is genuine and difficult what would you take up like realistically well yeah that's the thing well i mean would you would you take the million dollars for 20 minutes worth of work like you can make well i guess if a good song will probably won't take 20 minutes it shouldn't take 20 minutes no definitely not you should be spending a lot more than 20 minutes on a song in what most cases that's the thing. a bad Some... song that's just passable as good to a lot of people enough to well, make okay. a million dollars for 20 minutes that's the thing okay let me let that's me... the thing i don't agree with that let me be devil's advocate for a second mm. here right we all know that the writing of pop music is generally not very good, right? <laughs> However, oh yeah, pop music producers put in a lot of work 
and yeah. they're really good at what they do. They have to I do the research. But nine times out of ten, the person making the song isn't... Well, not nine times out of ten, but a lot of times, the person making the song isn't producing the song. Yeah, it's like... It, this Olivia Rodrigo person, there's no way she's producing her own music. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, is, like, my gripe is with the writers and the and the faces, right? Not with the producers. Because the producers deserve a lot more credit than they really get. Although they kind of get the, they kind of get that in money, so, you know, it's whatever. Yeah, but, it's, it's, I don't know. I would wonder, uh, maybe that's not the correct way to phrase the start of this, but any... Actually, you continue on while I try to figure out my phrasing because I oh, have to stop my thought. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, one thing. So, is, quick. Yeah. Go on, go on, go on, go on. Go on. Uh, I was going to say, like, one of the things about that is, like, uh, you can kind of rationalize the the these splits between types of music right so it's like you don't need to let it bother you so much as soon as you realize like well there's a definite split between what some people consider to be the three main categories of music which is pop music aka music made for money uh art music aka music made because people want to further the art form and traditional music which is music like campfire songs and shit sorry about that yeah no no you don't have to apologize uh, for, having an, for having an opinion like that. What do you no, mean? No, no, I was apologizing for accidentally swearing. Oh no! It, no. I, I mean, to be honest, I didn't even know until you called it out. Oh, I actually didn't even notice. Yeah. But um. Well, that's cool. Now I've anyways, it. one thing. Uh, um. Well, if I, I guess, if I could ask you something, Twig, what would you say as a major piece of advice for people who want to get into music but don't know where to start? Well, As somebody who I'm assuming has done it for a long time. I've done it sort of like I I wouldn't call myself professional in any sense, right? But you don't have to be this, professional to know what you're well, doing. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying to preface this is like I I would not consider my own ideas to be the end all be all as I would hope any musician wouldn't. But um I guess my advice is first of all it would depend on like where you want to go with music, right? Because one of the things is, like, a lot of people are like, I want to do music, but that's a really vague thing, right? Because yeah. music could mean, like, for example, you and me, it's like, you want to do gigs and do shows and stuff, right? Well, yeah, I, I just like that's the idea of playing in front of other people with other people playing with me. Like, yeah, I want to play with a drum and a bass and a rhythm and a singer, right? Sounds yeah, cool. and there's there's no problem with that, but like that's contrasted by people like me who really like the writing of it and the art of it, and I don't really give that much of a dang necessarily about playing live, right? So one of the first things to ask yourself is, do I want to play music for fun? Do I want to write it for the artistic merit? Do I want to play shows? Stuff like that. Yeah, 100%. If you if you know the answer to that question for yourself, you can make a lot more focused decisions in your learning journey. I would also add in like do you, like this is coming from me, the not music guy, but like I don't know, this is something that yeah, kind of comes from like visual art. It's the question of like do you want to go all the way or just keep it as a hobby? Yeah, like, or somewhere in between. Yeah, 
do you, do you want it as like a a quote unquote uh, side job, a side side job? hustle, side uh, hustle. Uh, so, every now and then? So, uh, hey, one second. Do you do you think it would be fair to say that if you're coming, if you're if you're trying to start music and you're trying to get into the musical industry, you have to be willing to put the work in for it. Like you have to be willing to try. In the musical industry, one hundred percent. When it comes down to an industry question, there's a lot of work you have to put in, for sure. Like okay. it's it's not follow up. Go on, go on, go on. Um, so that, that's one thing I would say, in particular about the industry. Like, if you want to go into m- music and try to, like, get your songs out there and advertise and stuff, it's like, there's a lot of work. And it's not just the music, right? The music's mm-hmm. a large part of it, obviously, because it's, it's the package, I guess you could say. But, like, a large part of being in the music industry is knowing how to reach out to fans, knowing how to set up gigs knowing how to put yourself out there so like okay. here's absolutely an insane I, I, amount of work completely so, off topic and, and okay. i just sent it in the server i just saw that in the destiny 2 steam community page yeah like how did I, i'm on this <laughs> let me just read this out for the for the listeners how to cheat in Destiny 2, working October 2021. Using and that's a Steam, a Steam community guide. This is with, on, on the game with a 100% like anti-cheat. <laughs> nice. I mean, they'll find out. Uh, okay, so back on topic, yeah, as, yeah, a back follow, on topic. as a follow-up to what you were saying, would you say it's necessary to learn the theory, or would you heavily recommend it, or it, are you impartial? That's that's a very nuanced question, and it's been answered by a lot of people. Uh, some of whom which is always interesting already, to hear a new opinion. Well, yeah, yeah. So it's been answered by a lot of people, and it's I I would again, there's no end all be all. So I would 100 percent suggest anyone who's like interested in these types of questions to like look up other people's answers to this type of question it's been oh yeah no i am by no means professional do not take anything i say 100 percent for serious well yeah i mean it's whatever Um, i'm just a guy who really likes it but um so the question was uh um sorry could you repeat it one more time so i get my wording right (laughs) yeah so i asked do you think it's necessary to learn the theory would you recommend it or are you impartial either way so First of all, the main meat of the question is, um, is it necessary? No, it is not necessary at all. Um, Which is very clearly evidenced by many, many artists. Like Jimi Hendrix? Like Jimi Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix is probably one of the best examples of, like, just, like, a a lot of bands are led by some guitarist who plucks notes out and figures out what they think sounds good. Like, from, from Jimi Hendrix to, like, the Beatles to, like, like a lot of those rock groups are, like, just people who got together and made a band and, you know, they didn't study for years on end with, like, books and textbooks on how to make things sound good. They just kind of went. 
So I would say it is definitely not necessary. However, I do think there is something to be said about the amount of, about the conscious enrichment of music through theory, right? So you can write songs perfectly fine without theory, but like, if you want to be really deliberate about the way you write some things, theory goes a long way in helping you do that. Right, things like just simple things like word painting and where to put specific types of stresses, and it gets into a lot of details. But um, so yeah, well, I guess my answer is like it's not necessary, but it can be very helpful, especially depending. And it can, de it, yeah, it can depend on like what it, it can de vary from person to person, right? Some people will will be very receptive to theory and how it works and how they can use it in those ways, and some people will be less so. And then I feel like that that's kind of me in a sense. I just am trying to uh, like figure it all out. Still, I haven't yeah. learned it all yet. And then and then my third part to that question, which is kind of unnecessary, but from a, from my own personal and. I don't want to, not necessarily, I almost want to say selfish point of view, but I feel like that syntax doesn't work quite properly. But, like, from my own personal point of view, I really think everyone should learn, everyone in music should learn music theory just because it's so cool. <laughs> well, also, you know? how would it hurt you to learn it? That, that is the thing, and this is an argument that's been made by people, is some people say, like, oh, I don't want to learn theory because I feel like it'll tear the soul out of my music. And it's like, that is... That, I 100% disagree. That would yeah, add to your too. understanding of the further soul. from the truth, right? Because it's like, okay, I get, I get the knee-jerk reaction to the idea of, like, turning music into a science, and it's like, oh, now it's all cold and clinical, right? But that's not what music theory is, right? It's called theory and not science for a reason, right? Yeah, so a lot of people have this. A lot of music theory is how you take it. Yeah, a lot of people have this. It's how you learn it, basically. Yeah, like, like, I mean, there are plenty of problems with trying to learn music theory that are like auxiliary to the concept itself, right? Like the fact that when you refer to music theory, you usually people will mean Western music theory, but there's a lot more out there to discover that people. Oh yeah, hundred percent. But that's kind of beside the point. Um, what I'm saying is, so so a lot of people think that theory will rip out the soul of their music. I mean, yeah, I'm backtracking at this point. Uh, what they say is like, because it seems so scientific, but my point that I was about to get to is that that's couldn't be further from the truth. It's exemplified yeah. in the very term of theory. It's literally just a way to think about why music thing, music, certain actions in music make you feel certain ways. If it were science, I, it would be more along the lines of like, oh yes, we can figure out like, 
this is exactly how it works every time. So if I do this scientifically, it will be good music. It's like, that's not what it is. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's a really good way to put it. That's a really good way to put it. I, I figured yeah, I out like, a free... Oh, you go ahead. Yeah, and I feel like a large part of the reason people don't want to learn theory or feel like they would do better without it is because it, they think it, it's like... it. From the outside, it seems like such a daunting thing to learn. Like, I saw a joke once a few years ago and it said it was it was a rocket scientist right it was he was teaching some like nasa students i think uh, I've rocket seen science. Same and, and he was he so the students were confused and he said come on guys it's not music theory and then it was a music it was a piano teacher teaching um music theory and he said come on guys it's not rocket science right and so i mean yeah it's a funny joke yeah <laughs> but, it's um, really funny i love that joke <laughs> but like it, it's it's like it seems so daunting from the outside because it seems like some big con complicated like interweb of this and that and a's and a sharps and all sorts of like letters and numbers combined with some kind of like there's half notes and it's like from the outside it seems really daunting from the outside yeah, really having never dived into it at all it can seem like really really sad like not sad um <laughs> can't speak really. English is my first language but it does not sound like it it, it, it seems really daunting like intimidating, I, I, uh, intimidating yeah. imposing, perhaps. Yeah, I like that's words, kind of what I'm going so for I here. Around a lot, um. but it's like if you really think about it, music theory can it goes at whatever pace you learn it at. If you pick up a guitar yeah, and, 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 you play, and you play one fret, and then you're like, I want to see what the next fret sounds like. So you move up a fret and you play it. You went up a semitone, and that is the basis of music theory how notes yeah. are played in occurrence with each other yeah my my rebuttal to the hey guys it's not music theory is when you're learning music theory just be glad it's not tuning theory <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, yeah i've been i i do light research from time to time into microtonalism and it's crazy stuff um but yeah i think what i would say to what I would love to say to anyone if they happen to be listening and are like people who are feeling trepidatious about um, about starting to learn theory or, or in, intimidated by it don't be because half of it, it it's kind of like fighting games right because half of it is just learning terminology right yeah it's like, like once you, yes, once yeah, you I, I like I like that reference. Though. It's like it's like learning a fighting game. Like if you've ever played Super Smash Bros. If you come yeah. in and say, "Man, man, Mario can really can really pair a short hop up air into neutral B and a down a quick fall, short hop up air yeah, into yeah. the forward air for an confirmed true kill," it sounds way more complicated than actually watching somebody do it. They yeah, hit when up, you walk someone do it, a, a forward. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll play Smash now. What do, you, what do you think would happen if you showed your mom, like, the, the, just the audio from the clip of Wombo Combo, Wombo Combo, Falcon! What do you think would happen? Like, no one knows. No one knows. It sounds like, my mom, my mom is like, I guess you can't see my audio, but like, you know the width of a hair? Yeah. She, I, I don't know how you'd measure that, like one like millionth of a centimeter or something. Really small. Like 
that close to being adopted out as is, so I don't think I should show her anything she would agree with. <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, yeah. My parents I definitely love me. Yeah, it's pretty awesome, dude. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's what I would say to anyone who feels intimidated by music theory, is just don't be. Like, once you get into it, and you know, you can go at it at your own pace. Some of my... Some of the biggest strides I had in learning music theory is I stumbled upon... Or actually, it might have been for a class they gave me, like, a link to a free textbook online or something that was just, like, the very fundamentals and basics of Western music theory. And I just read it. I was just, like, sitting there reading through it because I thought it was fun. <laughs> I'm not super... Another thing with music is you got to be willing to put the time in. Like, music... Yeah. And, and like, there's an there's an odd situation where this isn't always true. Like, Jimi Hendrix is a good example. There's, yeah. there's always going to be a situation where there's somebody who can just understand, like... I'm sure even it. I'm sure even but Hendrix. They never, have, it's not, they never have to put in any work, and they, it's not like they never have to. Like you have to be put in. If if some want to do, and it's something you're sure you want to do, you have to enjoy what you're doing. So like, for years, for years and years, I played piano, and I was playing classical music, romantic music. There was a song every now and again I enjoyed, and I. I love the romantic. If you're era. playing stuff, if you're stuff you enjoy, you enjoy playing it. It, like if, I guess that's complicated. I guess that kind of is basic. If, I'll try to explain. Well, no, it. it's it's if you're, redundant. But... If you're playing something that you enjoy playing, if you're playing something you enjoy listening to, you're gonna be willing to put in more time to play it, like you heard your teacher play it, or play it like you heard yeah. somebody on the internet play it. That's why so many people pick up guitar and just go straight to their favorite like rock and metal riffs. You know exactly. You really, 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 absolutely know where you want to go with music if you're going to be willing. For sure, the first couple of years you pick up music, it's the biggest part. It's like the Destiny grind. Like, you know, if you've ever played Destiny 2. I, I don't. You pick up the game, no. and your first, your first hundred hours playing that game, sure, you might, you might delve into Crucible a little bit, maybe play a couple rounds of Gambit, lots of strikes. But that first hundred hours is the grind to get to the point where you can do those proficiently enough to tell which ones you're the best at and which ones you enjoy the most. You have to be willing in that hundred hours or put in that time for the first while to learn the instrument, to learn the theory behind it. Really yeah. just to learn what music is to you before you can choose which direction you want to go so that it starts to be something you can enjoy doing and be willing yeah. to put hours in a day. Like they say, yeah. like, I, I had a person tell me a few years ago, You've never truly played guitar until your fingers have bled. And I've played for years. No, not years. I've played for two years, but I've only really been playing for, oh, I guess, ten months now. And my fingers have never bled, but I feel like what he's saying is you'll, you'll know when you find that, that part of music or that part of guitar that you love playing and you love doing because by the you're through your fingers will be bleeding right yeah i mean yeah it's kind of a it's a very poetic way to put it it's it's like it's kind of more of a phrase because like i yeah i don't think your yeah, fingers yeah, have to physically phrase. bleed i mean it can happen it's kind of rare though especially if you practice enough it's like yeah. when you get so wrapped up. You practice 
decent if you get you get a lot of calluses on your fingers after a while, yeah. and I feel like it's pretty hard to make my fingers bleed at this point because I can like light a match over them and barely feel it. But yeah, that's that's why when you that's why when anyone it's an expression. It's like, yeah, it's an when expression. You, when you get lost and what you're playing, when you get lost to the point where it's been three hours and you you just getting started, that's that's when you can just know, right? You yeah, can just know that it, it's something that it's, you're gonna have that forever. It's the magic of the jam session, and it's like... Yeah, exactly. Boy, that guys. feeling you get when somebody half-decent at drums lays you down a beat that you can just hear exactly what you need to play to it, and you can look at the board of your guitar, and you can it, and you just... That, that feeling that you know... Like, I, I've never experienced that feeling. Well, I never experienced that feeling to the fullest extent, but it's it's it, yeah. it's something that a lot of musicians talk about, and they say, it, it, they say that it's... It's the point in their career when they just really learn what music is to them. And when they truly fell, I guess, not fell in love is the wrong term. When they truly knew that music was going to be like theirs, basically. And my English yeah. is, like, not good. It, it's real. Music is one of those things that's really hard to explain. You, you kind of have to experience it for yourself. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And it's, it's something people chase, you know. Especially in certain groups, you know, like jazz. If we took jazz, is like almost entirely predicated on that feeling, right? At least from the get go, because oh, yeah. like the whole point of jazz, in general terms, I guess, is to get together with a bunch of friends and like jam your heart out over some structure, and that's. And that's like that's that's I I, I I hesitate to say that's what music is all about because there's plenty more I I would argue but it's a very large part of what most people um, find worthwhile in music. Oh yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, it's I feel like so much of that last conversation that if you just took the word music out of it, it could be taken so wrong. <laughs> Maybe. You never truly understand it until you experience it for yourself. Yeah, man. <laughs> that feeling you get, it's that feeling you get when you truly realize what's going on. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, where did this start? This started with, with the argument of for or against music theory and, 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 and like how to get into learning. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, um, the thing about learning music and learning music theory is like, I guess my main points were first, figure out what you want from music. And you know, it doesn't have to be like before you start, start. It's just like along the way while you're still in like um, very entry level stuff, you know, the stuff you'd have to learn anyway, no matter where you go, it, it's a good time to be thinking about those questions, you know? Absolutely. Uh, Alright, we should um, probably let the hosts of the, uh, of the podcast ask some questions, too. It's my show now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Man, it's already been an hour and a half, just so y'all know. Uh, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, I've, got, going. I've got a timer. We've been recording for an hour and 15 minutes. It's Friday, baby. I can go as long as ever. Heck yeah. I was gonna play Skywars after this. 
had a friend text me like two hours ago and it was like, Yo, bro, do this. I was like, Yeah, I have this quick thing. It won't take very long. Oh, it'll take long. <laughs> well, <Matt, laughs> <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... uh, but, but I digress. But I digress. It's it's been to be here. He said yeah. the thing. He said the thing. <laughs> do what I did. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> he did it. Alright, so. Those are so fun to make. How would you go about it if you were to do it together? I would get in a call with the men, and the very first thing I think is important to decide is the overall, like, way the boss fight is going to be portrayed. Like, do you want it to be epic, or do you want it to be kind of, like, mournful? Or do you want it to be, again, the genre of the boss fight song? Like, obviously, yes. boss fight songs are meant to be there as a boss fight song, but there's different ways they're played, you know? But yeah. That's one of the places to start, but I feel like even more important than that is establishing the form, right? Yeah. Because the form plays into that thing a lot. Because in general, a lot, a lot of RPG boss music does this, where it starts out in a certain mood, and it moves to another mood, and then back again, right? And it's like the arc of the music, and that's all determined by form. So it's like, I want our A section to be uh, sinister and our B section to be like um, even more like tense, and then I want the C section to turn into a hopeful side. It's like that's a very that's a very large part of writing that type of song, right? Think, think the Legend of Zelda theme, like the final boss, how the music changes as you're playing, like Breath of the Wild in particular. I mean. Um, it's been too long since I played it. I, I, it's probably based on the original Ganon theme or something in some way. Um, yeah, all, most of the music in Breath of the Wild is based on something from the past in some way or another. Yeah. It's part of the reason why it's so good, because it's like, they had something to go it's, off of. It's very you know what, that'd, be, that'd be a fun project, though, to write, like, a boss song for a game. I was uh, actually I, interested in game design for a while, just, but... I'm always interested in game design. <laughs> it's just that I can't program... <laughs> In my current state, at least. Um, yeah, I think the, the first thing to do there would be establish a form and the general mood slash arc of the mood, right? Yes, exactly. Second of all would be to um, do some scratch for it, right? Uh, open just like, at least from my side, I would... Uh, open just like a piano roll of like one instrument and figure out chords and this would be something where there would be a lot of collaboration because that's really where you get the most fun out of chords although I get the feeling and I mean I, I don't know this for sure but I get the feeling you and I might have slight disagreements on harmony uh, yeah for sure I feel like it's not to say I can't respect your interest in music, but it's like if we were to write a song together, I feel like your overall, I don't know, taste or um, style is clashing with mine. So it would be interesting. It'd be interesting. I'm not saying it would be I'd be, I'd be trying wacky moves. 
I, I've been trying to do a little bit of study into Toby Fox's writing style for that type of music, and it's really interesting. He kind of takes the simple and the complex and me- meshes them together in an interesting way. See, I'm the kind of guy who thinks that a, that a boss theme needs a guitar solo. <laughs> you know what I really like is synth solos on a boss theme. Like a really ripping, like blazing synth solo. I love that. <laughs> yeah, synth is a cool instrument. Just like so many notes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of the general starting place I go for for it. And then, like along the way, that just that once you got that starting point put down, you just go from there into instrumentation and then more specific details like like mood painting and um, figuring out where you want big hits to catch and you know general instrumentation and orchestration I guess yeah but yeah that's that's how I'd go about it <laughs> <laughs> Next question. Uh, let's see here. Um, hey, average. Yeah. Have you ever thought about getting like a program like FL Studio or something like that? What do you mean by that? Like programming, like what? DAW. You mean? Oh, I, I, I've used one before, like Sarah. Oh. oh, did you do it's anything? It's free. Like I actually did. Um, you, you might have listened. I did this to prove a point to a friend that you can make something that sounds half decent in approximately 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. You can certainly put However, out. it's the words that come in. I, I'm i not going to this is good because I actually was happy with the end. I'm sending it in no mic VC. Um, yeah. It's something that I just I I'll play it at like eleven thirty. A stroke of inspiration hit me, and I actually have words for it. But mm-hmm. it, it was it was about Robin, funnily enough. But it was like a rap about Robin Hood. Mm. Okay, but to to lure this into my broader point, <laughs> yeah. FL runs on your PC. On mine, yes. No, on average. Okay, yeah, yeah. Now, I spent. A lot on a nice PC. Well, not nice per se, but a PC that done well. Now, now this nice begs run. the question, Mr. Twig. Oh, how would yeah. you use FL if it ran on your PC properly? It does run on my PC properly. Was I given bad information? Yes. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. The I have joke the joke is that you need to get a good p- computer. Well, yeah, I understand that's the point, but I run the 32-bit version of FL Studio 20 on my PC, and I've only recently found slight problems with it. Generally, being that some of the newer um, VSTs put out by ImageLine have specific parts of them that do not work in 32-bit. But that's it. Uh, yeah. The- the thing I wrote in Serato sent, it took me, again, all of 20 minutes, which explains why it's kind of repetitive and not so great. Fair. <laughs> oh, right. I was able to write down my thoughts earlier. 
Oh, right. You were figuring out phrasing for a question earlier. Yeah, it was about uh, the pop culture stuff, or more popular music, versus the uh, smaller artists and what we didn't like. And I think, at least I might have nailed down on what it is, being that the pop culture musician, their popularity tends to focus more on like tried, true, and well-established common catchy musical theories whereas like the less mainstream artists their success relies on originality and uniqueness well the thing about pop musicians is like 100% rings true and I mean not to say there's no good and at least somewhat original pop music but the general rule is tried and true in pop yeah. music don't um, experiment too much because you like risk a, a failure chord theory like they say that pop music is the same four chords, just different key, right? And a lot of part of that actually has merit. That has merit because a lot of the cases that's true. I've seen some people actually start construct- constructing an entire sect of music theory around the idea of looping chords. It's interesting stuff. Um, but to to further talk about what you were saying is when you get to the side of, like, smaller bands, it becomes a lot harder to parse, because they're yeah. less consistent, obviously. Yeah. So, like, some of them, it's for their originality. Um, there are some smaller bands that it's just, like, really small, detailed things about how they write music. Like, you, you can have some small bands that write in a very poppy way, but, like, there's just something about the content of it that's, like, comes off as more indie. I don't know. Yeah. It's an interesting question, though. I guess refreshing might be the term. Refreshing? Uh, that's a pretty good term. But it's very vague. Yeah. <laughs> it's not very quantifiable, is it? Yeah, just, I don't know. It's different because a lot of the pop culture is, like, you know what, I would, argue, I, I would argue that in a lot of cases it's lyrics. Because pop lyrics are even more stale than pop chords. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah. Oh man, oh, 100%. It's about it's like modern story. country in that aspect. Oh yeah, it's all... Something else I want to throw out there. It's drugs and... Like, um, this kind of ties into both the same four chords idea and the stale lyrics idea but i remember twig you told me a long time ago that like some of the greatest songs out there only have one chorus one chord no chorus oh one chorus yeah only one section that is like uh firing on all cylinders well, yeah, and it's it's a very slept on thing, and it's I think it's largely I like that phrase. firing on all cylinders. It's a good phrase. Yeah. I think it's largely a thing of like people don't study form enough, so they don't realize that this is an important part of songwriting, right? Because yeah. like there's more forms of songwriting than just intro verse chorus verse chorus outro, right? And like. You know, having a couple choruses is oh, is all well and good, right? But you can create much more powerful music just by removing the second chorus, or removing the first chorus, rather, 
and having the music ramp up and that being the high note and it not hitting it again because that that creates scarcity and that means that you know there's one moment in as opposed to two moments of musical climax you know that that fact in and of itself creates oftentimes more compelling music or one idea i kind of just have in the in the back of my mind is like there's probably a word for like the entire paragraph i'm about to spout out but like <laughs> <laughs> like like three words but like uh it's like uh, if you take a, a chorus and like you know you have that same sort of pop uh, pop form writing in like it has two choruses or three or something but like yeah. the first one or two it's like just a chorus but then the last one it's like it's the chorus. Like, yeah. You know, like and that's actually that not... Off hard on. Yeah, and that's not actually that uncommon in pop music. I just think most songs don't lean into it hard enough, yeah, right? Like, They'll have like, oh, there's a little more energy in the third chorus. No, I want like, the first two choruses to be nothing compared to the third chorus. Like a drum fill before it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh gosh that that ticks me off so much is when it's like here's the third chorus guys there's the new drum fill like it has just a little bit <laughs> gosh anticipation and that's it <laughs> i mean it does but it's not enough yeah, like there yeah you gotta lean into it more like a lot more but like when yeah. you do that is something i really like oh yeah it's like and I feel like that leans, that's that's sort of, once you lean into it enough, it becomes sort of one of the tropes of, like, um, musical, like, rock, rock opera yeah. style music, like, like, which is very adjacent to pop, I would say. One way I think you could lean into it is, like, having an entirely different mood for, like, the first version of the chorus, and then... Yeah. Like, have a more solemn tone to the whole thing. Yeah, and that's like all done lyrics, with harmony. The lyrics are sung more softly and, I don't know. Yeah, different stuff key. like that. I mean, that that's getting into the nitty-gritty of, like, yeah. not even a different key. I would just do reharmonizations. Yeah, <laughs> but, I, don't know, um, I don't know what that means, so can't say. <laughs> so, like... No, I shouldn't explain it. <laughs> Should I explain it? Not, not that long. <laughs> Go for it. Do it. Right. Fill, so, fill our time out. The 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 idea of 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 um reharmonization is very rooted in jazz usually, but um basically the idea is say your first chorus has its melody and the chords under it are like um I'm trying to be vague, but I can't. Let's say you have the first chorus and the chords under it are like like one, four, six, three, or something like that. Right? But then for the second chorus, you change the chords, but not the melody. 
So with the second chorus, you could have like, I don't know, two, three, six, seven. I don't know. I'm just spitballing. I'm not yeah. rooting any of this in like chord theory, but like the idea is there, right? That there's yeah. different chords and that recontextualizes the melody. So even though you're singing the same okay. notes on top of it, the harmony gives it a different feel. That's the idea so behind it's literally just changing the context to change the whole yes. of the of the thing. To change the sum, yes. Yeah. And it's an extremely powerful tool and people do not use it enough. Yeah, that sounds like that sounds like something that should be like super common. It's it's a extremely useful he's gone. Yeah, it's it's extremely useful. No, no, the other one. Seed's the gone. Oh, yeah, see. Um, <laughs> the other one. See, it's uh, extremely uh, useful, super simple, and really effective. <laughs> yeah. Just simple reharmonization. And then you can get into complex reharmonization using like modal interchange and um not like non-traditional harmony theory and stuff but then yeah. you get into really weird stuff and not to mention you could absolutely get into like like you don't have to just use different chords based off of the chords but you can also write the chords for the reharmonization based off of the melody and what quote unquote key that fits into and how you can mess with that Oh yeah, I've seen people harmonize 12-tone rows to sound natural. And it's all about just, like, making a chord where the melody note that it is under makes sense, and then doing that for every note. It's crazy stuff. Yeah. A lot of original music made with, like, acapella groups is largely based off of harmonizing. It's largely based on, like, very classical and Baroque. Well, I don't know if I'd say Baroque. But like very traditional Western music theory and in barbershop quartets and stuff like that. It's based on like a lot of five ones and you know, very voice led. Yeah. Also, I don't know if I left you confused or not, Brick. Uh, a twelve tone row is a series of notes within the chromatic scale that you never repeat a note until you've played every single note. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's kind of hilarious. Just just to clarify, it's really cool. It was invented with, with like seriali serialism, which is like crazy and weird. You got okay. note matrixes and crazy stuff. So, I've got an approximate 10 minutes until my internet shuts off, so I'm just gonna... That's lame. Yeah, I know. I'm just gonna... Uh, give give out like try and f squeeze in the main point of even attempting an interview. This like Lol. really counts as a as an interview, but it's way better. So who cares? Anyway, the main question is for both of you: Have you ever had a moment where uh, some part of music just clicked for you like everything falls oh yeah into for place. sure absolutely and can you well, describe it is it like a one-time thing or like well no it's definitely not a one-time thing it it can be with 
any song that you play. Piano. A large part of learning piano is learning music, like learning songs within piano. Any song you play, there's going to be a point where you just realize exactly how you you can make it sound exactly how you want it to. And for a lot of people, that happens when they're learning the song. Some people it happens after they've learned it and they're going to play it live. But when music clicks for you is when you can really play it how it was meant to be played. Or you can play it how you were meant to play it, I guess, if you believe that if music you believe is... In yeah, that's like that's getting into no, very predestination yeah. type philosophy. Well, that, that's, yeah, that kind of I said it wrong. I meant I meant I guess I said it wrong. I no, meant but I get what you mean. It's like you play it in the way that you know is how you wanted it to be played. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You write lyrics and then you write a song. You're like, wait a second, that is what was supposed to go to those lyrics. Yeah. Some people are better at that than others. It's like, uh, yeah, sure. the, the piece is finally fitting in the puzzle. Yeah. Exactly, 100%, yes. That's a that's a very, like, um, musician-of-the-heart type thing, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, the, the type of people who, like... To set it, like, I try not to be super, like, gushy or sentimental, but... Yeah, I, I, oh, I no, wonder... It, it, you go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, that's 100% legitimate. It's... It, the the gushy sentimental side of it is just as valid as the analytical um, theorist side of it. Yeah, like they call it feel. Yeah, they're both necessary in a lot of cases. Anyway, yeah. see, you were about to say something. Yes, I was. I, I would wonder if, because technically, every time you're working on music theory and studying it and all of that, you're bigging your brain in terms of it and exercising it and there's like the whole i forget what it's called but there's like the whole theory and it is true as far as i can tell that the more you do something while it won't immediately like click in your brain after a night's sleep it hits and like the brain learns during the sleep or like adjusts to it i don't know how to phrase it oh like the idea that the brain during sleep the brain compiles information from yeah, the previous day yeah i, I, I would wonder say, if it goes from the ram to the hard drive yeah basically <laughs> i would wonder if you like spent like a decent amount of time one day studying music theory and trying some stuff out and then slept on your ideas and then woke up ate breakfast and then tried again I wonder if you did that over a few weeks, if you could, like, record progress and see if it was better compared to just every day hammering out music and trying to get it right. That's an interesting theory. I'd love to test it, but I have a job in the morning. <laughs> I, I don't believe that. It's such a shame. I think, King's, I think King, King's time here is limited. Yeah. I got, like, it's true. I, I wish we had more. Um, thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me to the podcast. Now, I, yeah, my main yeah. question is, um, my main question is, if I go tell somebody to listen to this, how am I going to explain half of what we talked about? A large part no. of this was references that most old people won't understand. Point them to me. <laughs> well, in theory, it most in theory, most like, of it was. Parents never heard of Undertale. Do they need to? They, the context they, is given. They don't need to worry about Undertale. <laughs> That's true. That's you, true. 
they can get introduced to the game, but please, for the love of all that is good, do not introduce any old people to the fan base. No, please. <laughs> Absolutely not. So I would introduce say, no one to the fan base. Let's put it like that. I would say yeah. introduce people to the podcast by saying, hey, here's this thing where we talk about stuff. Because that's yeah, kind yeah. of what it is. Like, I, I would give world. this as the first episode to advertise. Isn't that every podcast? I wasn't really going to advertise. I was just going to show a friend of mine. I was like, yo, I was in this podcast. Check it out. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, it, when it comes down to it, we're all just as lost as our listeners, whoever yeah, they are. Yeah. <laughs> There's so. like two in Mexico. I know that much. How many listeners do you get, like, on average? Um, it's a complete average of like 10 um that's sweet. honestly cool. already more than i would have expected to be honest uh, <laughs> that's not bad seek has friends in higher places and, and by that i mean france, france there was one place in of italy france, it was not considered what it was not considered a high place france is like as low as it gets man like that's yeah. worse than french Canadian. okay okay but they got cheese though <laughs> You literally, yeah. Italy also has cheese. I apologize. It, this is how we never get any people in France to listen. <laughs> I think anybody in France hey, is gonna cool, listen to an English podcast. Cool French people know what's up. The yeah, cool. look, look. Let's, let's put it this way: I'm a white guy, and I make jokes about casserole and stuff all the time. So you know, you just gotta be able to laugh at yourself. I'm sorry yeah, if I. <laughs> I've been playing Smash Bros. for the past, like, five seconds. Nice. nice. I'm sorry yeah. if I offended anyone from France. <laughs> Are you really going to apologize to, like, French people? Like, that's a no-no where I'm from. Yeah, I'm apologizing, <laughs> apologizing to specific French people who I'm, would I listen forgot, to this. I forgot you're Canadian. <laughs> Literally, French people are the apologizers, and I'm straight up telling you, we don't apologize to French people. They don't deserve our apology. Oh okay, good to know. French people, there's subclasses of people, and it's like, mm. actually, I'm not gonna go there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, just gonna, I'm not gonna go there. This is real dark, real fast. Sorry to, okay, now my Canadian's kicking in. I, I do apologize to any actually chill French people, all like two of you. Only the chill ones. <laughs> France oh really no! Just Again, you're like America. <laughs> probably couldn't care. I mean, I point out. Okay, for real though, I have met some extremely hot French Canadian girls, and I mean, I, I'm a little young to be saying that. I admit that, but like, bro, I did lifeguard it? training. I did lifeguard training. Oh no! And I, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Keep that to yourself, buddy. Well, that's all the time we have for. What today. happens on the stand stays on the stand. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, I would like to point out we went for maybe an hour and a half talking about music theory, if not longer. And Yo, within like, a minute, on topic really well. And within a minute so, after so, that, we were we insulting start, all we of French. French. Yeah, just just the language in general. Hope you do as well as Latin did. Ouch. <laughs> Yikes. You can summon demons with French. Literally, Canada does. Oh no! 
Like, we, Canadians as a whole, unless you are a French Canadian, don't like French Canadians for the sole reason that Quebec, it's like, you know how there's the, there's the dumb kid in the classroom who thinks they're better than everybody else? Is and they're actually just like, not, yeah, you that's Dallas? Quebec. Okay, so, so, so what you're saying is Quebec is Canada's California. Yeah! Okay, that for, makes sense. It can't actually be chill sometimes. <laughs> Quebec just can't. <laughs> Good to know. Can we get a shirt that just says Quebec just can't? Yes, yes. please. Like, Quebec is so stuck up, they wanted to become their own country. Like, separate from Canada. Like, another country in North America. Oh, like, aren't aren't like, they in the middle of Canada? <laughs> yes, they are. Oh, technically... That's they hilarious. are exactly in the middle of Canada. And they, they're big if you look at a map, they're actually the biggest province in Canada. And they think that they're good enough to become their own country just because they have the capital of Canada. Alright. I mean, look like, at what happened with Texas. More, uh, are, we, are we cutting this short? Yeah, we're what cutting this short, unfortunately. Oh, okay. 1029. Yeah. Guts to go. Alright. Good episode. All right, good talking to all of you. I, I want to talk about music theory again and more. Right. On this show, at some point. Right. Yeah, this Next was good. Season. I enjoyed this. Yeah. Uh, season. How many episodes are a season? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for. Anyway, I think boys. we're cut off now. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think. I think we're kind of cut. exactly sure how it works in entirety, but there should be a way for you guys to send us any voice messages. We would kindly ask you to uh, send any fun topics you guys happen to think are fun, and perhaps some questions about the topics. I don't know, whatever. Go crazy with them. Not too crazy, though. Please don't go too crazy. Uh, that is all. Um, thanks for listening. <laughs>